Hey, Internet. Welcome to Final Frontiers, the Internet's first and only alias podcast. I'm Matthew. And this is Mitchell. Today we, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 15 of Alias, page 47, written by J.J. Abrams and Jeff Pinkner, directed by Ken Olin. Old, uh, old hats at this kind of thing. Yeah. No, uh, no need to go into extensive and tedious career information about the two of them uh the you three know, of them you've kind of you've kind of dropped off on the vanessa taylor updates she co-produced this one same. i think she's up to uh same old business same vanessa old business taylor. yeah all right wikipedia summary vaughn asked sydney to use her friendship with sloan's wife emily to gain access to the rambaldi manuscript anna espinoza took from her which happens to be under lock and key and is safe at sloan's home Will is kidnapped and told to drop his investigation of SD6 or risk the lives of his family and friends, including Sydney's. Okay. Netflix summary. Sydney and Dixon are dispatched to Tunisia. A Rambaldi manuscript is being held on a yacht, and their mission is to retrieve it before Sark gets it. Very, uh, a little, little too concise. Not really, uh, that's about, I don't know, 30 seconds of this episode. <laughs> yeah. At that's... least it, it's kind of more, uh, in... Time continuity than the other description. I think the perv who writes up these episode descriptions, he just watches the scene of uh, Sydney in a bikini. <laughs> I think that that's what happens. It's just her in an alias. Yeah. And he's like, all right, what's she wearing this week? And he fast forwards, and then he kind of gets the gist of the episode. Yeah. And then he extrapolates based on the rest. And Netflix. She gets licked in the face, not once, but twice. Reed Hastings, if you're listening... The guy who writes your little blurbs for Alias is a perv. I like how you just assume that. He has to be. Who else? Like, why, why else would that be the episode? That's the least interesting thing that happens in this episode. Right. But I think it, we have this established uh, way that the episodes go, where we get the assignment, we get the dwarf hands, gadget breakdown, mm-hmm. or some type of summary, and then we have her on the assignment. And we either having, not, not soon after... There's issues with her personal life that she has to take care of. Sometimes at the same time as we saw in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. So, I, but, I, but I overall, if here it's a show about a spy without giving too much away in a summary, I think that's pretty decent to focus on the fact that she has to go retrieve the Rambaldi book from Tunisia, which wasn't mentioned in your last summary. It's more about, oh, she has to get it from Arvin's house. Well, how the fuck did it get in Arvin's house? Why is she going to Tunisia if it's in Arvin's house? Yeah, like I say, you have to sort of read all of these different summaries to piece together a complete but idea it, of what happens. But maybe the, maybe whoever wrote these summaries, their idea of it was going to be just a little taste of what's there. Well, it happens to be the scenes where Sydney is in a bikini. That's Oh, we're back to that. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think have you he's, done? He's, he's scrolling through the thumbnails. He says, well, this looks like a tasty nugget of alias. Don't mind if I do. All right, well, we have, uh, we've got a yacht. What is this, Tunisia? Wow. Oh. And then, uh, and then he gets as far as her getting out of the bikini, or the next scene, after the bikini. He presses stop. He goes to the next episode. I don't know. I have a picture I, yeah. in my mind. Do you have, so do you have like a Sloan-like chart of how all these timestamps and episode descriptions go? Because, I mean, but, but what I'm going to make one. It could easily be this guy just really loves Marcus Dixon. With this episode, the fact that Marcus is only in the scene. He had a, he had a great hat on, just yeah, lounging looks, on the beach. Just looks, that's true. I take it, I take it back. Uh, no TV guide summary. What could, the hell? Could, couldn't find it, but I bet it was good. <laughs> I bet it was just so wacky and atonal to what the show is. All right, so we uh, show resumes back at Moscow on the Edge Hangar. 
the uh, the, the zip line hanger. hanger. Yeah, line hanger. Sydney flies through a plate glass window like she's goddamn Batman. Yeah, she cuts the uh, cuts the wire and she dives the, right in. Hang on, lady, we're going for a ride. <laughs> same same concept. Do the accent. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she uses my favorite distraction, the old alias mannequin oh, in, the, yeah. in the freight elevator. That's handy. Yeah. Scares the hell out of a Russian. Which, yeah, uh, I think we, we missed that we missed that part of last week's episode where Dwarf Hands briefed her on the inflatable mannequin that she could <laughs> carry with her. I guess it was, I don't know. No, they were in a mannequin factory. They showed that there were mannequins around. Did they really? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I picked up on it, and as soon as I saw that there were legs in the elevator, I'm like, oh, he's going to oh, shoot yeah, the mannequin, right. and it's going to be like, huh? And you're like, no, don't shoot Alias. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, they got me again. They're so good, these writers. They are so good at TV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly how I sound. <laughs> oh, they're so good at TV. We're uh, back at Los Angeles. Born and raised. This fun fair on the dock, is that the Santa Monica Pier again? Yeah. Whenever there's a carnival on a dock in Los Angeles, is it always the Santa Monica Pier? What's, oh, yeah, that, that pier is just, there's a little part of that, that boardwalk that's always like that Ferris wheel and all that bullshit. So there's no... Other carnival on a dock. When in you Los say Los Angeles. Angeles, they could all you could. There's Venice has some kooky hippie burnout shit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Huntington Beach, they could have a. I'm talking from Santa Barbara down from to, from like Los Angeles County proper Manhattan to, Beach. Let's go to El Oceanside, Segundo. California, halfway to San Diego, up to Santa Barbara. There any, could be anywhere in that area. There are known carnivals and there are unknown carnivals. Okay. So. And there are but unknown, what? unknown carnivals. So yes, there could be. From with reasonable doubt, if they're going to show a carnival, it's going to be the Santa Monica Pier. Okay, ignoring the unknown carnivals, the known unknown carnivals, and the unknown unknown carnivals, right? Which we can't consider. I wouldn't hold your feet to the fire about those. I mean, how much time do we got? We can be here all night just talking about carnivals and where they could possibly be in the Los Angeles coastline. Okay, yeah. we could. We could. But it'd be a great hour, riveting. It, it, it would only be an hour, yeah. for us to go up and down the Los Angeles coastline. We're gonna well, we'll add like a bunch of those Radio Labby type uh, sound effects. Uh, you, you mean I will? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, thank you. You love, you love how I'm so generous with. Let's add this. Let's add that. <laughs> uh, all right. So that that fun fair dock. That's always the Santa Monica Pier, as far as you know. As far as I know. All right. Settled. Will's assistant tells him. He's getting a Kaplan Award for his yeah. Louis Morona article because it's so inspirational. He blows her off. She says, let's go celebrate. He goes, I want to go with like, Alias to yeah. see North by Northwest, well, he doesn't, <laughs> a movie that I own on DVD. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't say that, though. He, he says he's already made plans, but then he has this, the, the shower Foley will suggest that she's in the shower while he calls Alias. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's do something Friday. Arvin's finger is still fucked up. Still on that little little finger cast. SD6, Arvin especially, they've been watching Neil in prison. They see Will tipping. Yep, they know. They, they know, know he's that, tipping about. And we're like, we gotta kill this asshole. I don't care how beautiful his hard body is. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta cut his head off and dump it in the ocean. Those tips are frosted for days, but god damn it, he, uh, he knows what SD6 is. Well, he knows the name SD6. And old Jack Bristow, he's like, well, 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 hold on a minute. Oh, I, well, well, hold well. on a minute. I got it. I got it. That's that's the best Victor Garber I've ever heard. I can't do the real one, so I'm not going to. So you're doing, uh, oh, well, you're doing the Jack, the character. Jack Bristow, the character. Victor Garber right. doesn't talk like that, but Jack Bristow does. 
And uh, I have a quote written down. There are some truths Sydney must never know. Oh, yes. What who, does that mean? Who said that? That was uh, Sloan. Not Sloan. Yeah, Sloan. Okay. No, wait. <laughs> I get, I've had this problem. I have my own wacky names that no one gives a shit about, like Alanon yeah. Balaban, and I forget which one's Sloan and which one's Vaughn. So oh. Sloan says that. And I remember this is funny. Yeah, I, we're, we're about three quarters of the way through the first season. You should... Uh, I rewatched the scene because I was like, wait, what ha- something was said here and I didn't grasp it because I was just not paying attention. And I even put the... I turned the volume down, but I put the subtitles on so I could read. And I was like, all right, I got to re-listen to this. <laughs> yeah, there's some things that she... Some truths that she can't know. Opening titles. Foreshadowing. Back at Sydney's home, we see Francie filling out thank you cards. Yeah. Because she has to return all return, these wedding yeah. gifts. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And she says she cried in the middle of a store like a fucking crazy person. Well, I mean, that's that's understandable. For the circumstances surrounding the uh, cancellation. Look, you don't get to complain about it to Sydney. That's true. She's the last person you get to complain about. You're cheating, bitch. Your ex-fiance. Two-timing. Like, you don't get to complain about him to Sydney. Her fiance had his throat slit, maybe. I think I, if we I, they show every once in a while they show that the bathtub reveal and it I don't see the shot to the head it doesn't he does not look like he has bullet wounds to the head I just see blood around his neck so I think that we made a fair assumption right if it wasn't explained explicitly and then uh, recanted I don't know uh, someday I'll go back and rewatch that pilot probably about ninety episodes from now maybe maybe. When I go back to uh, listen to our own podcast, <laughs> just so, o- yeah. over again, like a narcissist. Wow. We did a good job of summarizing this. <laughs> I'm proud of me. Yeah. Uh, and Sydney and Francie, they decide to take off their rings together, like it's solidarity. Yeah, that's which, nice. Which uh, doesn't even, it, their losses aren't even remotely equivalent. It's not even like her fiance died in a car accident where you're like, well, that's very tragic. Yeah. I'm sorry. He was murdered in a bathtub. The stupidest place to get murdered. In the bathtub? Yeah. He looked like he had clothes on. Was he just placed in the bathtub? I think he was... Uh, these were considerate assassins. Yeah. He said, let's not give her a mess. Ah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, all right. She has to put this place back on the market. <laughs> right. She's not going to want to stay here that much longer. Back at the newspaper, Will Tippin shows up in cool guy sunglasses and a pea green shirt. You win a fucking award and you're doing it with your intern. You might as well dress the part. That's right. Uh, who's this, uh, this, this heavyset woman who, uh, works with him that's very... I was gonna say, like, English or vaguely Australian, but you just have to make it about how she looks. Well, she made him a cake. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, congratulations on your your award. Hurry up and cut it. Yeah. And she's so bitter. I looked at, uh, IMDB. I think it's Abigail, played by Michelle Arthur. Are you digging into spoilers? She could show up again. No, uh, if it is Abigail, played by Michelle Arthur, she does. All right. And if it is Abigail, played by Michelle Arthur, she was also in Goldeneye. Really? Uh, but who gives a shit? Was she in Go- Was she one of... Uh... She was a satellite technician, yeah. so I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I recognize her being around, <laughs> giving cakes to Natalia, <laughs> and Boris just making some shitty jokes about her ass. Marshall Flankman in SD6, talking about My Fair Lady. Yeah. Talking about uh, Rex Harrison, Doctor Doolittle. His favorite. Well, was Eliza this, Doolittle? I forget now. Was this his favorite Rex Harrison performance, or was it Doctor Doolittle? 
And he was right. he talked about Rex Harrison, went to Dr. Doolittle and was like, Hey, Eliza Doolittle, Dr. Doolittle. Flash to Marcus. <laughs> he is not putting up with any of this shit. Just, just chewing on his fingernails. Oh, like this, like he does clenching his fist so tight. Head down. I took a fucking bullet in the chest for this job and I gotta listen <laughs> to this asshole. With his normal size hands. Normal size hands, inflatable furniture. Yeah, and his what does he have? Scoliosis. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Calm down on the the fucking suckers and other little candies. And maybe you won't your back won't get crooked. I relate to Marshall Flinkman. So I'm not just normal height. I'm kind of tall. Yeah. But uh, your hands are fucking weird. <laughs> that's true. But I think if anything, I'm I'm not dwarf hands. I'm giant hands. Yes, you're reverse. Uh, like I everyone well, thinks you have gigantism. I think I'm normal hands, dwarf wrists. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's is there, is there, there's, so there's such a thing. Well, I mean, look at this. Look, look at my tiny wrists. But narrow. They're, they're have, you bro- have you uh, broken them pushing a door? Yes. Sydney has a little job to do. She has to intercept the Rambaldi manuscript in Tunisia before it gets to Ireland. That was Dwarf Hand's whole point, is they detected through accent-detecting right. software, which we could use to find out what the hell Abigail is. If you don't mind Dwarf Hands, hook us up. It was probably a file size back then that which could be easily emailed now yeah put it on your dropbox marshall yeah we'll play it through like google language and it'll just give us the accent is google language a real thing it is if it isn't it is now that's true back at the cia storage locker von gives Zalius the same camera that she had a million episodes ago someone retrieved it she just she just drops things all the time and there's sd6 and uh cia agents k directorates picking up other uh people's shit too Sydney basically says, you know, the sort of premise of the show, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Sydney's just like, <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of stupid uh, shit going on here. I'm not feeling it. And Vaughn, Vaughn tells a story about the, his, the, the audience by proxy. Yeah. So, yeah. He tells a story about his Aunt Trish, who's like, well, she believed in like Bigfoot and crop circles and Atlantis and tarot cards. And, and it's like, yeah, she was an idiot. Yeah. She's everybody's Aunt Trish. Yeah. So, who cares? She's everybody's Aunt Trish, who's one publisher's clearinghouse. Yeah. And her uh, counter mission for the CIA, same as it was in Argentina, photos of the book. Here's your camera. Take photos of the book with the camera. Send them to us. But don't they also need a specific page? They need page 47, though I think we might be jumping ahead on page 47. Oh, is that after she photographs? Okay, so... I don't know. I just... We go I, don't, to, I don't have it in my notes. Should we go to Tunisia? Uh, no. We have to go to the jail. Oh, God damn it. I'm sorry. All right. We gotta, we gotta do our due diligence, just like uh, Will Tippin does with McNeil. McNeil's like, Will, have you heard from my daughter? And I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> like what a, happens. Wow. No, we gotta do our due diligence. <laughs> yeah. Will. Uh, uh. And but uh, Will's playing Snake on his Nokia. McNeil's fucking crazy. He's like, oh, for the first time in eight years, oh, it tastes good. Yeah, I'm gonna oh. get the, oh. I'm gonna get the SD6, oh. Will. Oh, SD6. You and me. Oh, I gotta be afraid of me. My daughter's oh. in another country where she can't get good food. Ooh. And he, he sounds like Rorschach and Watchmen. He's just like <laughs> out, of, out of his mind. He says, 42 companies. Will tells him 42 companies use this software, including one run by. Elaine Christoph. What did Elaine Christoph do? I don't know, but it seems relevant. Well, so. he was. Uh, doesn't Will Tippin explain that he worked for the CIA, or he worked out of Langley? I like how everyone who uh, so far in the show when they talk about the CIA, 
We have to talk about Langley. Well, that's where the CIA is. Yeah, but do they do? Are people going to be confused without those two pieces of information? Like, if someone says Langley, I can understand you might not know that they're referring to the CIA. Uh huh. But if you have to, if we were talking about the CIA, like the CIA, sorry, yeah. from Langley. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. And uh, Will leaves the prison. And he gets ambushed in uh, what I think is Griffith Park Tunnel. The same fucking tunnel that's in every movie where somebody gets ambushed. Yeah. So Will gets ambushed in this tunnel. I don't remember how, but it's in my notes. Yeah, uh, the that he's like just driving along. He's like, it looks like he's either talking into a tape recorder or on the phone. I couldn't really tell. It must be a tape recorder. Or else he'd be like, hold on a minute. There's this car pulling up in front of me. The van like cuts him off, stops. He stops. That's right. He's pulled out of my gunpoint. I have uh, that. There's a note. There's a note in my notes. It's uh, <laughs> convenient. Resist and you die. There you go. In a mechanized voice. Uh, there's jokers. <laughs> this. Uh, what did it say in the uh, the subtitles? Like, it must have said resist and you obscured. Die. No, it said that, but like the it had like in parentheses, like uh, dis- not disheveled, discombobulate. Like it said like something like scrambled voice. Like it had that that note. Ah. There was a note in my subtitles that said scrambled, resist and you die. Oh, okay. Then we cut to Tunisia, Sydney, barreling toward the yacht on a on a little boat. And her little blonde wig. Talking to Mantis about... her top? It? it was like a tube top with straps. Hey, whatever it was, it looked great. And like, if you're going to wear a tube top, wear a tube top. If you're going to have something with straps, just wear something with straps. Why are you trying to split the difference? She's talking to Mantis about Gilligan's Island. <laughs> pretending yep. that her boat is out of gas. So she can uh, pull up to this Russian <laughs> yacht. <laughs> oh, Mantis. Oh, yeah, he totally looks like just some random guy. Yeah. The nice sun hat, but also just looking through some type of weird... Some very powerful binoculars. Yeah. Talking into a walkie-talkie. Yeah. She pulls up to this... So every other fisherman on the on the beach there. Not fishing. Yeah. Why would he? Um, this Russian yacht, it's got a regular name, but some of the letters are backwards. I didn't notice that. Because that's what Russian is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sydney gets aboard, and she just like... This crazy she, the call ba- that was the callback to the knockout spray she used on that bank guy. Remember? Is that a callback? Yeah, because uh, she they didn't really explain that um, that gadget, but she's used it before. Okay, it seemed like a very minor spray to just be like. I was thinking about this in terms of uh, we had the last uh, that two part ep- episode, the box parts one and two. There was that like knockout gas system. There's a knockout. It reminded me of the knockout gas the Joker uses in Tim Burton's Batman. Mm-hmm. Does such an aerosol, does such a gas exist? Like I said, in the box part one, it happens in Tim Burton's Batman. And I, and I was wondering, is, is, is that a real thing? Or is there oh, it just. I, I, it doesn't seem like it would, but then I think back to, I don't know, having my wisdom teeth removed. Yeah. Like the count backwards from five, and you're like, totally. And then, like, I'm going to just count forever. And then you count five four and then you're out really so it must right uh, to i guess so such a thing exists but can it be dispensed from with an atomizer an atomizer an aerosol coming out of like the air vents like colored so you can so the audience knows it's knockout gas it's green because it's the joker yeah but uh yeah is that such a thing fuck. i guess I, so you're right like nitrous oxide gas is that what they use at the dentist i don't know so there's some type of gas that will do that, but will it do it in the same way that we see on TV shows? So anyway, this, this would be a great way to get the audience involved. God damn it. They still can. They, tweet oh yeah, at us. Tweet at Final does, Frontiers. Are there, does anyone know, is, is anyone 
<laughs> have you have you been rendered unconscious by a gas dispensed either by aerosol or you know through an atomized fluid? Anyway, so back to uh, the yacht in which Sydney is infiltrated and knockout sprayed most of the inhabitants. Some big fat mook comes up uh, up the stairs. I love. Did you see like the like movie code or TV show code of Hey, where was this asshole at the whole time? Yeah. Oh, he had a newspaper. He was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Taking a poop. Yeah. It's like, where, it couldn't be, like, he, if he just showed up, he'd be like, wait, what? Is there more decks? Of course there are more decks. It's a big yacht. It's but a, yeah. he walks up with that paper in hand. He's like, ah, in the shitter. And Sydney, she pretends like she's making out with this uh, this other fat Russian that in, was, a, that was, in a velour <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> you ever made out with a girl while you're just kind of halfway through a sit-up yeah. <laughs> on the floor? And she's kind of standing. And she's just so into it. Yeah. Uh, Will Tippin. This is a legit true lie situation, as we talked about. You're gonna, you're gonna tell your Tom Arnold story again? Come on, tell your Tom Arnold story again. No, don't. No, I was gonna say he's gonna have to strip tease Victor Garber. I can't wait. And Victor Garber <laughs> Which would both like it would too. probably enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Will Tippin would love it because he's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Garber sure. would love it because he's a bit of a chicken hawk. Is he? I don't think is that this that's confirmed. True. I have no evidence of that. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, he's been in a loving and committed relationship with an age-appropriate man for a, quite a while. Spy Dad hits Will so hard that he's, he knocks him out. And who are these guys helping him? Who are these SD6 guys? Wait, did we talk about the fact that... So he gets kidnapped. I think we, we took a little bit of a... Well, the show takes uh, steps to Tunisia. Okay. That's not me. That's the show. Right. Take it up with J.J. Abrams. So Tunisia, she knocks everyone out. She pretends she's making out with somebody. And then she takes she takes pictures before she, like, hey, I don't right. want well, to take this boat. The and... pictures are for the CIA. So she has to do that while she's alone. Then I guess she takes the boat to the airport. <laughs> well, yeah. And then Sarlacc. What's his name? Sarlacc? Sarkans? Sark? Sark. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, was, I don't know why I complicated it for not comic effect. Uh, Sark is just standing there at the dock, kind of like, uh. And uh, she's taking my boat. That's right. Yeah. She just watches her. What do you do with the boat? You drive it away? Uh, you sail it away? Not a yacht. A yacht has a motor, not a sail. Uh, you. It's a good question. If anybody has a, you has steer a yacht. You steer it. Ah, you steer it away. Okay, because that's not necessarily the. So I don't need to list the sail and for, uh, sail and motor are the methods of propulsion, okay. but you have to guide it in which you steer it. And pretty much everything. Yeah, I think you're either relying on the wind or a motor. That's true. Whether it's a uh, a sailboat or just kind of a skateboard or with a sail on it or a steampunk shit where it's like a a motor that's copper and steam. That's still a motor. Yeah, very true. Yeah, those, um, those were the original motors, were they not? <laughs> Yeah, so we don't need to solicit the uh, the listeners for you know, any sort of yacht. <laughs> listeners, yacht if you know propulsion. how motors work, uh, steam, well, combustion, or otherwise. Well, I, we could go on about motors, but that's a different podcast. That's true. Um, that's motoring, and not the song motoring. <laughs> Sister Christian? Yeah, not that. It's, um, although I can see the confusion. Obviously. I mean, how, how else did we get here? Yeah. So Okay, so we're talking about... Uh, Tippin with the disguise. I think it was disguised voice that was in parentheses every time uh, Jack spoke in disguise. I love that shot, by the way. Well, okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. So he shows him the photos of like his parents, his parents, which are uh, uh, what's his name, 
who plays Will Tippin. Uh, Bradley Cooper. That's his actual parents. Yeah, those are his actual parents. Did, did he know that, or are they like? Oh, it was J.J. Abrams like, no, 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 just use an actual picture so we'll get like an actual horrified look out of him. Do you think he would do that? I think so. You, you don't think he would just be delighted? Like, hey, it's my, hey, it's my real parents. Hey, mom. With like his big toothy smile because he's like a you think he, pretty you young man. You, you don't think Victor Garber really hit him? They're all fucking method man. Not method man <laughs> of method man and red man, but they're all that, method. That, that's the common man. That's the first method man point of reference is, is, is method and red the... Uh, the 2005 Fox sitcom starring Beth Littleford from The Daily Show. Or uh, Method Man and Redman stars of How High? Were they in High, How, How High together? That sounds right. Cut to Los Angeles. There's that gross old guy in Sloan's office. Agent Grey, the interrogator. Oh, my God. Uh, that Wait, who is that? That's not... Agent Grey. Now, who's Agent Grey? The, the interrogator. Okay, but he's not the other guy. He's not uh, Saw. No. Okay. But this man... Like, when you look at comics where there's, like, an alien in a human's body with just, like, black eyes and, like, pale skin uh-huh. with, like, pink and red around the lips and, sure, like, yeah, bags on yeah. That's what he looked... This man was terrifying. He's looking. not a handsome man. I don't know if he's... Ha- I think, like, you know when... They I'm have, positive he's not a handsome I'm, man. Well, you're, I'm telling you as a fact. He's not handsome, but I think what is more of a concern is, is he... Was he ill at the time of shooting? He looked really sick. I don't think sick. I don't think a healthy person can look like that. Uh, I he could just be kind of ugly. I don't know. We all know that uh, the actor who was the uh, the spirit in uh, Poltergeist Two looked very grim and gangly and very withdrawn because he was at the time of shooting in a lot of pain as he was dying of stomach cancer. Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah, that'll do it to you. We skipped. That's over. the ultimate method acting. <laughs> Stomach cancer. I got to play a ghost, so I'm going to get as close to death as possible. Yeah, that's uh, very Stanislavski. Yeah. Yeah. We skipped over a point earlier, which is that uh, Sydney hadn't seen Arvin's wife in a long time. Oh, we also skipped over the point that as the disguised voice, Victor Garber, our spy dad, is showing pictures of Will Tippin's parents, uh-huh. his real parents, or the actor's parents. He shows a picture of Sydney. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, you don't really know. It, it kind of hides the fact that this is her dad, even though he doesn't really know her dad. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of, we don't know. We don't know that it's someone from SD6. We kind of assume that it's Jack taking care of Will once again. But I just want to point out, I really love that shot of him kind of walking away after he knocks him the fuck out and then just pulling his mask off to reveal that, oh, yeah, it's Victor Garber. It's 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 by dad. He was he was doing well the solid by scaring the shit out of him. Yeah. Instead of killing him, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Well, I think we can assume that Spy Dad is on. He's been, he's, he's just on been, the side of the angels. He's just trying to do right by his daughter, yeah. even though she doesn't really have a relationship with him, and uh, her mother kind of betrayed him and the country. Can I get back to the point we missed earlier? Or are you going to derail us again? I'm not derailing. I'm getting back to the Jesus point that, that I was trying to make before we got to your point. All right. So Sydney hasn't seen Arvin's wife, Emily, in a long time. But she needs to get invited to her house to plant a bug. Right. Sydney objects for moral reasons. Vaughn is <laughs> insisting. <laughs> yeah. She says, it's wrong. I can't do that. How could I do that? And then finally, he sort of puts enough pressure on her that she's like, okay, fine. 
reminding her once again that her objections are just bullshit. Like, you're a fucking spy. Yeah. Like, get over this. Also, she has cancer. What's the difference? Yeah, she's not going to know. Her husband is a fucking evil person mm-hmm. who's lying to her. One about, she thinks what he's a C- COO of... The bank. Donna Immobile. They all have Credit the... Credit uh, They all share that cover story. Right. I don't need to... But, okay, so she... Yeah, so she's a nice moral person, mm-hmm. but we're actually going after her husband, who's lying to her, who is not, in fact, in the CIA. He's not even lying to her about the fact that he works for the CIA. She Seems doesn't know like that. Seems like a good husband, though. He's, yeah. He's like, let me talk to her doctor. Get that pen out on the phone. I got to straighten him oh, out. Oh, like the the yeah. nurse is just fumbling the phone. Like he's, He used a great metaphor. I better get the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a scary guy on the phone. In person, he's just kind of person, he's kind poorly of, groomed. Yeah, poorly. Uh, like a, he should have shaved more recently. It's like a lizard that's slowly evolving into a, a mammal. Yeah. Though uh, we get to see him finally in his natural environs, his home. Or maybe that's yeah. not his natural environs. Maybe Is, uh, it, is it a shell home or a, a like a hermit crab? cover home? Yes. Uh, so Sydney gets the, the invitation to go to dinner. And she can bring a friend. She can bring a friend. Whoever will she bring? Yeah. See, this is where TV Guide could have really sold. Oh, Alias is going to dinner with Emily. Who will she bring? Will she bring Will Tippin? Her or, dad's going to be there. And they just got in a whole wacky mix-up over spilling SDC, SD6's secrets. Find out on Alias. Uh, but no, they missed that book. Nope. So Will wakes up in the middle of an empty, what is it, a gymnasium? Is that a concert venue? What, what the hell is this enormous room that he wakes up in the middle of? I don't, yeah, uh, just like, a, it probably was, it was that same gym slash fenced-in locker that Vaughn meets with Sydney and that is repurposed into a nightclub whenever they need it. Yeah, they just take out the uh, the crates and the chain-link fences and they'll say, yeah, this Yeah, do. it's all modular. Take them out, add them in. Put up a fake wall. Very Scandinavian in that yeah. way. Yeah. Then he calls his intern. He says, "I don't know where I am. Come get me. Come yeah. get me." Like a, a deadbeat boyfriend. The intern offers to make up Ashishta. Did you look that up? I tried. She want no no no. Didn't she invite him to meet her grandmother who makes delicious Ashishta? She, well, she said her grandma used to make it. Oh okay. Uh, and I think I looked up Ashishta, or I tried. I couldn't find it anywhere. Like, I think they just made up some bullshit foreign dish to make her seem more exotic. Which she's already pretty exotic, the actress is. Yeah. And then they're driving home. Will thinks, well, this is the moment. <laughs> this is... When you pick me up and you're offering me to make me some bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, all right. He's like, I don't want to eat that. That sounds spicy. I got a sensitive palate. Can you just take me home? We're in San Pedro and, and, and or some this is shit. over. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I drove all the way out here with a broken radio. Yeah. It's a long drive. Like, we'll plug in your iPod. Those were out by then. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like the gener- first generation. Yeah. Five gigabytes. Yeah. She um, could be listening. Or she, I don't know. Sing. You could bring I, You could bring a radio, which I've done before with the car with the broken radio. Bring a boombox and put it in the passenger seat. Oh, that put a seat is... Peter, put a seatbelt around it if you're going to do that, because you're going to hit the brakes... <laughs> And it's going to fly forward. Yeah. No, that is... Uh, put a... I don't know. Get got a CD player? I did eventually. But as a stopgap... You, you really need to listen to music when you drive, huh? I do. If I'm driving to pick your ass up without a stereo, 
better not be fucking breaking up with me. <laughs> You're going to eat whatever spicy mishmash of chickpeas that i throw in front of you and you're gonna smile just a, a raw egg on top yeah you're like god damn it Ugh. so yeah she leaves him middle of nowhere how does he get home he probably rides the bus like a immigrant like an immigrant yeah. like a, they have their own troubles not having stereos not having cars having to take the bus yeah. with confused pretty little white people and uh just slow the bus driver down <laughs> Yeah, confused With, white people just like, what, what, in bloody shirts do, and black eyes. How do I pay for the bus? What is this? How does this work? Do I just give you the address of where I live? And they're like, come on, I got to get to my third job, you asshole. So, well, it's funny. I'm just going to work, but this guy is having the worst night of his life. He was abducted and punched in the face over and over again until he almost died. Do you think that's what immigrant, immigrants see a white guy in the bus? They're like, oh, shit. Isn't that what you think when you see a guy in the like, bus? Like, oh man, I, I have it bad. I'm trying to provide for my entire family in America and in the other country, but this motherfucker. The look, old at, country, look at him. They call it. He has no idea what he's doing on a bus. Life yeah, is rough. That's, that's always how I feel on a bus. I'm like, well, things took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think there's always a point in, in your life and you're like, oh, I'm just on this bus. Oof, Ooh. oof. I fucked up bad. Yeah, remember that. Uh, that chapter in uh, what's his name's book where he's riding a bus? No, you don't. Nobody who's ever written a book has ever ridden a bus. That's like the point of that's like how they telegraph rock bottom. Yeah, it's a story that you tell at AA. Yeah, when people are like, okay, we're finally getting to the end of this shit. Uh, midway of Act Three. Yeah, just he has a pizza box and the contents of which soak through while he's on the bus and just cover his pants and. Pizza, grease, and cheese. Ooh. And he ate it anyway. He ate it anyway. He's so hungry. Ate it anyway. So after all this, Sydney brings him to dinner yeah. at Sloan and Emily's. I mean, why would you say no? It's what he wanted. Oh, she had to say, you know, I know you wanted to see North by Northwest, but uh, I got this dinner opportunity that you just can't pass up. And uh, he can't say no. His head hurts too much. Yeah. He can't refuse anything from any women if he knows what's good for him. He's going to get left out. Taking the bus again. So she meets with Vaughn. They find out that... The pictures are great, but we're missing a specific page. We need page 47. It's important in all these Rambaldi bullshits. So go to, <laughs> go. The, go to the dinner at Sloane's house. It's a good Vaughn. Go to the dinner. Go to the dinner at Sloane's house. Sydney, <laughs> need you to go to the dinner Vaughn. And when, when you get there... Gonna jump off the top of the turnbuckle, break his neck. Yeah. Show him who's working for the CIA. Just, just scream out page 47 while you do it. They say it's bitching. This little device. <laughs> Tube of lipstick opens a safe. Which is... Uh, it scrambles a safe so it thinks it... <laughs> it is what he says. They say it's bitching, so it must yeah. be bitching. Oh, this, oh this yeah. Lipstick's... Sized override. To I like how we're getting uh, we're getting uh, allusions to the CIA dwarf hands. Like this guy he uses yeah. words like bitchin'. But I he, bet he sucks because everybody who works for the CIA sucks. Well, anybody who it's work- the fat X-wing pilot and bitter beer face, yeah. and that gray-faced old ghoul. It's like let's take the rock and roll. No wait, elements. the gray-faced old ghoul was uh, one of Sloan's people, wasn't he? No, he's the. Uh, I mean, in this episode, yes, but no, we're thinking of Devlin. Devlin. Yeah, Devlin, the the guy who has to sign the... Oh, the uh, old man who just can't use a pen all of a sudden? Yeah. It's like the CIA is full of idiots like, I'm and left-handed. Losers. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. 
It's got it's stuck. Do you have a lighter so I can do yeah. the thing with the end I, of the pen? Uh, Does that work? I'm just writing in a circle. I'm just gonna make a circle a couple times on the paper. I can. It still works, right? If I had to make a guess about the dwarf hands at CIA, his hands are even smaller, <laughs> and his height is even more ambiguous. He likes even. He, sh- has, he doesn't even have scoliosis. He has spina bifida. And he's in a fucking, what do you call those, like, bouncy castle thing? A bouncy castle? Yeah. He's in one of those. Yeah. It's a disaster. A bouncy castle. Just smells of feces. Is listening to... Human feces, yeah. Is, like, really into dream theater. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, kind of like Long Island prog rock. Yeah, just like, ah... It's like, you like Dream Theater? Like, no, of course. No, yeah. Where's that lipstick that Mike opens a safe? Portney's. Is it, it's bitching. Yeah, cool. I'll make sure I mention that. And even, I think she, didn't she make a, a joke about how these people spend more these time? People. You know, those people. Uh-huh. Those uh, tech people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, Nerds. Yeah. Nerds. Like, yeah, he probably has less experience with humans than someone else does. I think she meant, she didn't say dwarf fans, but. Yeah. There's an allusion to the fact that anyone that's making you your, your good technology has no idea how to deal with people. That sounds right. Yeah. And uh, it was right before dinner. <laughs> Vaughn says, you look really pretty. And you know what? He's right. She does look really pretty. I think we... Uh, did we gloss over the fact that he kind of... He does his own little dwarf hand stammering of a... Uh, oh, so you, you said that you, you were going to take someone to dinner. Did, did, you, did you decide on somebody? Like Her the, dad is at this little movie. meeting, right? He doesn't know that. or No, he's not. What? He's not at the meeting where they're talking about the dinner. No? I mean, he's in a meeting with them. He knows what's going on. So at some point... No, at some point in the episode, there's yeah, a he meeting tells, he tells, he tells Sydney, like... Or, or I thought Vaughn says, your dad will be there for backup. Or he must say, I'll be there for backup. But he's not... I was confused because I thought, if he's going to be there, who's going to be the guest? Like, I thought that ate up the guest, but I guess he was... That's what I thought also. He was invited independently. She invites her dad like uh, like a loser at yeah. prom. <laughs> Emily's a stand-up gal. She's like, no, I'll invite your dad separately. You want to being a friend, you being a friend. Yeah. Uh, we get to Sloane's house. Who's playing Emily? I don't know who that actress is. Who is that? Amy Irving. She used to be married to Steven Spielberg. Really? Yeah. From, like, 85 to 88-ish. She was going to be in, uh, she's going to play Willie in Temple of Doom. Ooh. Call back to your, uh, to Kate your Capshaw. short round voice. So from 80, when did uh, he marry Kate Capshaw? Uh, later. Later? Yeah. Did you notice that uh, Jack and Will look a fair amount alike? I did not. Watching them at Sloan's house, I'm like, oh, these two guys look a little bit alike. Uh, the way the love of a woman's life and her father often will. Mm, that's a search image there. Or maybe it's just, I don't know, just white guys. I feel like Will's kind of just like, oh, thanks for inviting me. Mm. But uh, Spy Dad is just kind of like, whatever. Like Spy Dad feels like, ugh, it's kind of beat the shit out of this kid, but he doesn't care. We get another speech from Sloan about how proud of Sydney he is. Yeah, he makes is, you want to die. He loves to talk about how proud he is of her and everything she does. He's like, yeah, I'm just doing my fucking job. It's like, you don't understand. Most people, when you get old as I do, just doing your job is sometimes hard to find. They sit around the dinner table. They talk about... I think, well, uh, I, uh, a lot of uh, of Al-Anon, Bob Balaban bashing goes on you know what? by me. But no. I think, I think he was a great host. Ron Rifkin 
yeah. looks uh, so good in his little turtleneck and his little shirt. I would say that Ron Rifkin almost looks as good as non-alcoholic Bob Balaban. I, I, I Regular was Bob Balaban? I'm like, look at this. Non-Elanon Bob Balaban? They do look very much alike here. Oh, they always look alike. Yeah, but like, but, uh, like I don't see like the... The when you give someone that like skewed kind of name, like oh, this looks like Terry Hatcher with a uh, a bad hangover. Like you wouldn't have to say that. Laura Flynn Boyle. Oh yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. Sock uh, yourself a dinger from that change up. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about Will's story about Louis Verona, who uh, I don't know what the fuck he was. He was an immigrant laborer who, or sorry, a migrant laborer. It's like he. If you spoke out against his boss, his boss would kill you. He was literally the devil. Yeah. And you're like, oh, really? Ooh. Ooh. Just watching the the glances ex- being exchanged by Ooh. Sloan and uh If you spoke Jack. out against him, he would have you killed. Emily is just running her mouth. And Sydney doesn't turn her phone off at dinner, I guess. Well, that was the plan. It was... I need this distraction. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna once you get it, you're gonna get a distraction, and you're gonna go look into the. I guess you could have just said, "I'm gonna use the restroom." Uh huh. Because she could have done the old spill the wine, spill the wine, go through your library. Yeah, yeah. but that didn't happen. But no, she got a phone call. So what happens between this and then? I know we go back to the prison. Mm-hmm. She uses her little lipstick safe right. locky guy. She drops. She, she gets the, away with it. She drops the paperclip microphone into his little paperclip pen thing. Uh huh. She gets away with the uh, we it look maybe I don't know. She just steals the page. With she kind of had like a like a folio tube, like a a paper tube, or did she just roll it up? You know those tubes that you would carry at say architecture plans that you'd want to keep rolled. Yeah, as opposed to folded. Yeah, like I know one those of the, tubes. Did, did she have those tube? Did she have a tube in her uh, garter? Does that seem practical? It doesn't. But she in, in her Jennifer Garter. In her Jennifer Garter. <laughs> hey. Oh. hey. So that's how she takes page 47, uh-huh. is she replaces it with a tube that she had rolled up in her garter. She puts the vellum back in the box and takes the re- actual page 47 and rolls it back up her leg. Okay. And then she, they close, like it's like we hear the sound of the safe closing, and she looks up. It's more of like a shh. And she looks up, and Arvin's like, you look kind of pale. You're looking pale, Alias. You want to hold my hand? Why don't you lay down? Yeah. I've been watching you laying down for about 30 years now. <laughs> Why don't you I, lay down? We know when you lay down, I get so proud of you. So and then we come back to the prison, I guess, the next day. Yeah. So this is where the uh, the proof meets the pudding. They want to make sure Jack is nervous because he, he thinks he put the fear of God in him. So he'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. But, but like, Arvin's like... What's Ar- the deal with Ken Olin? He's playing McNeil. Uh-huh. He's in so many scenes. I guess just two. That's, that's a fair amount of scenes. In this episode, he was in previous episodes. Like, yeah, it's like he's like fucking like M. Night Shyamalan in Signs. He's just like, how many scenes can I realistically put myself in? How many big dramatic moments can I have? Well, okay, it's not like he's like showing up in different places. Like, hey, guess what? I got out of jail early. I don't know. That could happen. I, I made it in like, time for a boat chase. For a total dead end, as far as we know. Yeah. A total dead end plot dearly yeah it seems like a lot of scenes to inject yourself as the director mm. for, certainly for a non-direct or for a non-actor like clint eastwood who is his closest equivalent as far as i can tell <laughs> he shows it, up a lot in pale rider by the way <laughs> ken Owen, uh clint eastwood oh yeah yeah, yeah. we will 
McNeil's kind of a weird dick. He's like, look, we've come this far. Yeah. What's? Uh, oh no, he makes a good point. I sent my my daughter out of the fucking country. He saved her life. Saved her life, but uh, it was with the the sacrifice that he was his uh, murdered wife was going to be avenged. The truth would ring free from Will Tippett. Look, he's a fucking crybaby. He's going to get a song written for him by uh, Bob Dylan that's going to go on for goddamn six minutes too long, if you ask me. And uh, he's just like, Will, come on. Come on, Will. 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 Will, come on. It's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit more intense for someone who's sitting behind prison bars or behind prison glass. It's like, hey, listen, I was doing you a favor. Now, you know how your, you know how your wife died? Uh, at the hands of SD6, uh, my bestest buddy and my parents, they could have the same fate. McNeil's argument is you have leverage. They won't kill your family or your friends because uh, you'll print out a news story that says they're going to kill my friends and family by Will Tippin, a dictum on SD6. And I say to McNeil, hey, leave Will alone, you fucking bully. Yeah, you're talking like I said. You're 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 talking pretty big with someone else's life while yours is kind of safe from behind bars, which we all know is not true. No, SD Sticks could hire some guy, put some money in a commissary account, and say, uh, make a, a commissary account. You know, they, you know more about prison than I do. That's how they do it. All right, put, I, I was just thinking of those guys that killed Jeffrey Dahmer uh, <laughs> in prison. <laughs> was he the guys that were annoyed by his goofs? And didn't he pretend to be? <laughs> is that eating? why they killed him? <laughs> yeah. I may be exaggerating it, but I think it was he feigned cannibalism as a joke while in prison. And it and the people that he did it to were so pissed off, maybe that they got burned by that goof, that they killed him. Oh, all right. Well, if anybody who uh, was involved in the murder of Jeffrey Dahmer please. in prison, please tweet at us at Final Frontiers. <laughs> I'm soon as you did your time for the murder of... Maybe some other people, and then Jeffrey Dahmer. Or maybe not. You, you maybe got you out. were in there for tax evasion. I don't know how prison works. Do you, yeah, maybe I think you escalate. It's a, prison is a gateway type of crime yeah. uh, instigator. So oh, you go, it's so much easier to do crimes in prison. You go in for computer fraud, and then by the end, you're like a mafia you're killing don. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. He so was a bad man. You're killing Jeffrey Dahmer. You, get, you, do another, you do another dime on that. You get out. It's 2007. You're like, oh, shit. There's this thing called Twitter. Yeah, I'll I'm sign on right board. Up. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna sit here patiently for somebody to make an alias podcast. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna let them know. Someone's All this time. Someone's gonna want to know about Jeffrey Dahmer. Vaughn has Officer Cohen from SciTech, who looks like Matt Walsh from UCB. <laughs> I was like, look at that guy. He looks like Matt Walsh. And it's like, well, we it's figured not out. though, right? It's just no, it's just a guy. It's washed out, Matt Walsh. Washed out, yeah. Yeah. So we figured out how to read the Rambaldi document. We took that little liquid that was in that bottle from the box that Quentin Tarantino wanted. Yeah. And then we, we sprayed it on this because why not? Let's see what happens. It's only a 500-year-old book. <laughs> <laughs> it's only irreplaceable. Let's yeah. experiment with some shit. Got some coffee grounds? And what's on the page? A bad drawing of somebody who looks like Alias. This was a pretty big, and I, were you as excited about as I was when you saw this? It's like, oh, we're gonna get into some weird yeah. shit. I'm like, this show is retarded. Here it comes like we get to the top of the mountain, and it's just full of shit, and it's just straight down. <laughs> oh, you learn, you learn that the mountain's made of shit. Oh yeah, like, like, I the, thought this mountain was made of rock. What's the, it made of? The mountain is human made, feces. And it, as we oh. got, as we have 
got to the zenith, it starts to tremble like a fucking Looney like a fart? Tune, like a Looney Tunes cartoon, yeah. and we're just gonna slide on down the scree. Just an avalanche of diarrhea. Yeah. And, what uh, a fun diarrhea! What yeah. I like is, is that it's not <laughs> not a the one that's troubled me my whole life. Yeah, it's like a like kind of a fun time diarrhea, not no. not like a colitis diarrhea, more or, like a, a comedy time. diarrhea, like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, or just yeah. like when you have diarrhea and you're at home by yourself and it's like, oh, I got to pause this and I, I got to go sit in the bathroom for thirty minutes versus like I'm on a bus and I want to kill myself. Yeah, or not like the diarrhea that a young uh, child in a third world country would have that's going to end his life. More just like, I had some bad Indian yeah. food. Oh, this is terrible. It's not cholera. It's I'm, just I'm diarrhea. I'm going to be playing Angry Birds for extra longer today. <laughs> no, it's not. It's that kind of diarrhea. Yeah, it's it's not be... the tragic, cholera, dirty, well-watered diarrhea. Yeah. That's the kind of diarrhea it is. Listen, if you're, dying, not... if, if you're voiding your bowels because you have cholera or dysentery right now... Stop listening to the podcast. Uh, we just want we're not, we're to... We're not singling you out. Eh, maybe you say, fuck it. <laughs> maybe you're like us. We're just going to continue watching the show. And you're like, eh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And keep watching the show. Keep listening to the podcast. Tweet at us. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah, let us know how you're doing with Don't this. Don't burden us with too many details. I'm sensitive. I can't deal with other people's shit. Yeah, okay. So what do you wait before we wrap this up? Yeah. Come on. It's a drawing that kind of looks like her. Where we where do you think this bullshit is going? All I can think was like I'm one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. is look at the fan art for different people. <laughs> yeah. Like just like kind of like done in like ballpoint pen on a binder in like junior year art class where like the proportions are slightly off and I don't know, the jawline's a little too strong, or the lips are a little too thick, and I love that. So have you ever have you ever had anyone draw, who who has done fan art of you? No. Went to a college that had an art, an art high school attached to it. Sure, yeah. And a young woman presented me one day, a young high schooler, with her fan art depiction of me. Oh my God. Yes, yeah, so they're like sitting outside on a bench on the bench with my cup of coffee and my, my cigarette I smoked at the time. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. You captured my Well, you're more iconic than I am. Yeah, I'm like, Oh yeah, this made me look as effeminate as I thought my anxiety made me made me look <laughs> in my mind. I'm just like this little uh, I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I, oh good. I actually look that fey. That's good to know. Did she I just had like my, my Were you performing as a musician at the time? No, I was just well. I was, but she wouldn't have seen that because okay. she was in high school and not coming to my shows and God knows where they were. I just had my my cigarette in a very Virginia Slims ad campaign esque sure. pose. I was like, oh, I didn't know I did that. Huh. Good to know. Holding it like a cartoon Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was just struck with the fact that like, oh, this is a terrible drawing of Jennifer Garner. Yeah. So Myla Rambaldi. Didn't have the greatest grasp of perspective. A genius in some other ways, but... Uh... Oh, wait, wait. We also saw his other drawings, which I was like, oh, he was just ripping off uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He just wow. had those like, little corkscrew type... Uh, That's right. Mushroom yeah, the, the, top the, things. The, uh, yeah, the weird... His weird little corkscrew helicopter. Things. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know. We don't know. Maybe da Vinci was ripping off him. I guess. I don't know. If, I maybe... don't know the timeline of this fictional uh, prophet. I figured that Rimbaldi has just been like the made-for-TV Da Vinci. I mean, the Da Vinci Code was written by then, right? At least Angels and yeah, Demons. I, I think so, yeah. yeah. So it was like, okay, they couldn't use Da Vinci for that. 
I don't really think he. It's a question of if there is a copyright to Da Vinci or if he's in the public domain. I'm, I'm quite certain Leonardo Da Vinci's in the public domain. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you could have gone with that, but it's like oh, I guess it's it's a little less. We have more uh, license, creative license to say, yeah, Rambaldi did this wacky shit, and yeah, no, can, that he invented transistors. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. they could kind of kind of uh, meld them. I'm, I'm seeing this kind of with the depiction of Sydney, mm-hmm. kind of this meld of Leonardo da Vinci and maybe Nostradamus. Like he foresaw this woman as part of some prophesied. I don't know. I have no idea where th- where this is going in terms of the show. Right. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. We got a page hanger. Yeah, page uh, page 47 hanger. That's what we got. Um, all right. So until next week's episode, Mitchell, I don't know what next week's episode is called. Stop asking. I me. didn't ask. Episode 16 of season one of Alias. I have no idea. What I was it's ready called. for you to say this is Matt, and I was gonna be boom. Hey, this is Mitchell. I'm guessing it's about. 42 minutes long and it's on netflix ready to start as we speak yeah i'm guessing it was auto playing as soon as the last episode ended and i had to stop it because i was like no 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 no. i wanted no 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 no. i mean i really wanted to find i really wanted to keep watching this was like the first don't you dare okay so we we watched bot we watched the box part one and part two sure at the same time two-parter yeah two-parter we did that so there's no problem Mm -hmm. but this is the first episode that where I've had to stop it, where I've been like, "Fuck!" Oh, now it's getting fucking weird, and I can't wait to I can't wait to see where this is going. Weird, but still good. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I understand is like the show's milieu for the next okay. season yeah. and a half, which is least. hard to do. Uh, I think the tone uh, the show is set. It's like, yeah, hey, it's going to be Jane Bond, and you know, it's going to be some some spy game type stuff. But now we're getting into some weird, kooky, meta level yeah, shit. Getting in the fringe territory. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait till they just throw all those delicious things that we love together in a pot. And we just enjoy the stew. Enjoy the stew. That's our tagline. So uh, until next time, this is Final Frontiers. You can tweet at us at Final Frontiers. Email us at Final Frontiers Pod. And we'll talk to you next time. Uh, This is Matthew. And this is Mitchell. Goodbye. Good night.